0: Welcome to the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast, which can be heard on VHHA.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many other apps. We're also on the radio each Saturday at noon and Sunday at 10 a.m. on 100.5 FM, 92.7 FM, and 8.20 a.m. across Central Virginia, and Wednesdays at 1 p.m. on 93.9 FM in Richmond. Please send any questions, comments, or feedback to PCFpodcast at VHHA.com. Again, that's PCFpodcast at VHHA.com. And today we're thrilled to be joined by Dr. Cesar Gonzalez, an anesthesiologist and the Vice President of Medical Affairs at Lynchburg-based Central Health for a wide-ranging conversation about his work and clinical experiences during the COVID-19 pandemic and much more. And so with that, welcome to the program, Dr. Gonzalez.
1: Thank you. Glad to talk to you, Julian.
0: Well, we appreciate you being with us. So let's start with a status update about Centra Health as a system and its team continuing to wade through what is now the fifth surge of the pandemic. Centra maintains an online data dashboard that's public-facing to provide high-level information to the public about patient volumes and those who are in ICU beds and receiving ventilator support. So big picture, how are current conditions impacting operations across Centra's hospitals in terms of patient census staffing challenges and even emergency department volumes?
1: That's a lot of questions. (laughs) I'll do my best. You know, right now, we're at a phase where I believe we we hopefully have peaked from this latest surge of Omicron. You know, we've seen the state of Virginia actually kind of peak out everywhere else except for this area of Virginia. And now, I I believe those numbers are starting to come down. At least we've seen the last couple days fall in our hospital. So we're feeling very fortunate that that's happening. We did hit all-time highs just within the last week, and it was a struggle. It was a challenge. Our ER, despite the fact that we've made some pretty drastic and significant changes to improve flow through the ER, has been challenged with long wait times, kind of being overrun with patients, but hopefully we're on the downhill swing of those things currently. Otherwise, we had to shut down quite a few surgeries that were important, not urgent or emergent. We continued those, but we had to shut down Quite a lot of our elective surgeries, so to speak, most surgeries are not really truly elective, but they can sometimes wait longer than others. Unfortunately, as you know, if you wait too long, then patients are having problems associated with those needs, and so we try not to do that. But all in all, we've kind of faced the same kind of things that other hospitals have. And I'm just really grateful to the medical staff for all the hard work that they've done, for all the nurses and the support staff, because they really have had a great attitude through this pandemic and, and through this latest surge especially.
0: Those are great points that you raise just about the impact on hospitals and health delivery systems and how those impacts can have ripple effects for patients. Because as you mentioned, many providers have at different points during the pandemic put a pause on our halted or postponed some of these scheduled procedures that are not of an immediate emergency or urgent nature, but as you said, still have real world impacts on patients. And also, let's be honest, also have revenue impacts for healthcare providers and for hospitals. So these are not decisions that occur without consequence, but they're decisions that are made operationally to ensure continuity of operations and to ensure that resources can be deployed appropriately to respond to the emerging needs that you're seeing from your community and your patient population. So I appreciate you sharing that. I want to ask you, Dr. Gonzalez, about what a typical day looks like for you as a medical leader and how, if at all, that shifted or changed during the pandemic.
1: Sure. I came in as a VPMA Vice President of Medical Affairs, since the pandemic had already begun. And that was um, earlier, back last year, about May or so, April, May time. I was a physician leader prior in the anesthesia department. I think it it just it kind of impacted me like it impacted everyone else's. It just took the forefront of a lot of conversations, decision-making, and concerns. But as a physician leader, it's it's just something that's, in the past couple of years, been kind of part of everyone's life. And so um, I can't really speak to that being specifically different necessarily. But I can talk about my day-to-day now. You know, we start the day typically with these safety gatherings that we do. You know, we we have huddles and we start them in the front line and then have huddles for the hospital here at Lynchburg General and Virginia Baptist. And then we go and we take that information up to a system-wide huddle where we share safety information. So we look back at what the last 24 hours or so What kind of safety events we have occurred and what we can do to stop them from happening in the future and see if there's any other risks associated with that in the future, like weather events, like we recently had the snowstorm or, you know, other things that might put patients at risk and figure out as a team how to make sure that we, you know, take care of those and eliminate or decrease the risk. Otherwise, after that, every day is different. So sometimes I'm dealing with some Organizational challenges and operations issues that I'm helping support from a clinical side. Sometimes I'm dealing with position leadership challenges, looking at quality improvement. Recently, we had a Joint Commission survey. So, you know, every day may be very, very different from the next day.
0: And it's great to hear that you start each day with safety huddles. Uh, you know, safety culture is something that hospitals across Virginia have, have embraced in high reliability organizational principles, and that really is a an emphasis of the association and of its members uh, to really avoid patient harm episodes, to avoid staff harm episodes, and to emphasize uh, safety. Dr. Gonzalez, as an association, as I think you know, VHHA has made many public appeals about the importance of vaccination and mask wearing and other personal health decisions and behaviors to help us get through this pandemic So have many hospitals, including Centra just this week. Several Virginia hospitals across the Commonwealth have made renewed appeals along those lines as they, as you point out just a moment ago, experienced some of the highest COVID patient volumes they've been seen since this pandemic. By now, many people have pandemic fatigue and just want this to be over. I would venture to say that frontline workers who've been face to face with the devastation of this virus for two years share that sentiment and perhaps feel it more strongly than anyone else. Even though you and many others have said it countless times, I wonder if there's a message that you'd like to relay on behalf of your colleagues to those in the public whose attitudes may have soured on pandemic safety measures or for people who are just over it. You know, what message would you convey to them about the importance of still being vigilant?
1: So this is a challenge that we see all the time. You know, we have people in the community that, for whatever reason, don't really feel that them getting vaccinated is either necessary or helpful. And so all I could do is appeal to them and say, I think it's the right thing to do. The science backs it up. It's extremely helpful when it comes to getting severe COVID-19. Now, it's no guarantee and it's no promise that you're not going to get COVID. But if you do get COVID, it is much less likely for you to be critically ill or to die of COVID. Can it still happen? Sure. If you're boosted, it lowers those chances so much more, but it's not 100 percent and The vaccine is extremely helpful in keeping you healthy and safe, but it's not a magical pill that's going to keep everybody from getting sick. And I think that was part of the problem was that people were expecting that if you did get the vaccine, you weren't going to get sick. And when you have this many people sick and this many opportunities to be exposed at high levels to lots of virus particles, there's really no way to keep people from getting the virus 100%. If you have vaccinated everybody, chance of people getting sick will be much, much lower. But when you have half the population that won't get vaccinated, it's really, you're trying to just protect yourself as best you can in your family. And the reality is it works. It does that protection and it does a good job of it.
0: And I appreciate you sharing those heartfelt words. And as you and I were speaking offline before we started this recording, I will say I recently tested positive for COVID-19, having been fully vaccinated and boosted and everyone in my household did. But I will say this as well, that I think my symptoms were comparatively mild. Now, it still was unpleasant, but it wasn't anything anywhere near severe enough that warranted me needing to be hospitalized or put on a ventilator or anything like that. And I credit the vaccine for that, for protecting me from more severe symptoms, Uh, understanding clearly that it's not a guarantee that you won't get sick, but it does reduce your risk of getting sick. And if you get sick, it reduces the likelihood that you're gonna get a severe case. And I think the fact that so many healthcare providers like you, Dr. Gonzalez, and so many others have taken this, I think should inspire some confidence in the general public that this isn't a do-as-I-say-not-as-I-do situation. You know, these are healthcare providers and professionals who are taking the vaccine and then in turn saying, I've taken it and that's why I have confidence in it beyond the science that affirms its effectiveness. I have firsthand experience having taken it and potentially benefiting from it. So appreciate you sharing those thoughts. And now that we've tackled some of the the serious stuff, to round things out, Dr. Gonzalez, I do have a few more lighthearted personal questions for you that will give, hopefully give our listeners a bit of a sense of who you are beyond the work you do. Based on some research I did to prep for this conversation, I see that you attended Brigham Young University for undergraduate and then the University of Michigan for medical school and residency. For context, I should note that I lived in Michigan as a child and still count myself as a Wolverines fan, go blue. And so this is a two-part question for you here, sir. One, do you consider yourself a BYU or Michigan fan in terms of sports rooting interest? And if the answer is Michigan, where do you stand on the tenure of Jim Harbaugh as the head football coach?
1: So you're asking me (laughs) (laughs) me some questions that I'm not going to answer probably (laughs) anyone's satisfaction that's listening to this. I will tell you, I'm not a huge follower of sports. I do appreciate my alma maters, and I have gone to the games and and had a lot of fun, but... uh, As far as following them now, I really don't. I'm more of an individual who likes to watch it in person if I can. If not, I don't watch it on TV. I don't follow it. And I like to get out there and be active myself more so than than watching sports. So for those of you that are big sports fans, I apologize.
0: (laughs) Understood. Well, I've been a Jim Harbaugh skeptic for quite some time. And even though they finally beat Ohio State this season, I'm still very much on the fence about, about him as the head coach. But it is what it is. Next question for you, sir, and this is an entirely imaginary premise, but in the hypothetical scenario that you can anticipate your final day on Earth, what would your last meal be?
1: So it's my final day on Earth and we got to talk about food? All right. Last meal. Man, that's a tough one. I do like food. (laughs) And there's there's a lot of good food to be had around here sometimes. But I, I will say my wife cooks the best and her meals are always the ones I appreciate the most. So, you know, just having a Home-cooked meal at uh, at my house with my wife and my kids, that, that would be, I guess it wouldn't really matter too much what I'm eating as long as I'm with them.
0: Well, home-cooked family meals are always good. Good food and good company. And then, as setup for our final question, I will note that you and I had a fun chat during the recent... VHHA Hospital Appreciation Tour stop at Centra in November. Among the things that we chatted about is our shared appreciation for so-called nerd culture staples like Star Wars and comic books that are now, of course, mainstream pop culture. And so with that background, the final question of the podcast, Dr. Gonzalez, and it's one that we ask everyone who appears as a guest, if you were stranded on a deserted island, what one book, one album, and one movie would you take with you to keep yourself company? We will spot you a copy of the religious text of your choice. So other than that, what are your three entertainment survival kit picks And even though I mentioned Star Wars and comic books, you are under no obligation to choose those if you don't want to.
1: Okay, you said one book, one movie, and what else?
0: And one album.
1: And one album. Hmm. As far as album, I'd probably go with something by Imagine Dragons. Okay. I do enjoy them a lot. As far as movie have to be groundhog day such such a great movie a thousand people freezing their butts off waiting to worship a rat and then book man just one book is that for real one book yeah that's a tough one but i i, I will say i got this book for my friend that i love it's called uh, dad jokes 160 hilarious knee slappers so i guess if you're stranded on an island you know you need a little bit of humor so i take that one with me
0: okay Well, we appreciate you being with us and for sharing your thoughts and insights. And with that, that's going to bring us to the close of another episode of the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast. If you like what you heard, please make sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcast and subscribe so that you know when new episodes are available. And we want to once again thank our guest, Dr. Cesar Gonzalez of Central Health for joining us today. So thank you, sir.
1: Thank you.